Hello, everybody. Welcome to Memorial Stadium. It's Rapid Reaction, Ohio State 51, Indiana 10 in the Big Ten opener. I am Austin Ward for Letterman Row. This is Jeremy Birmingham. Rapid Reaction brought to you by Byers Auto for this Big Ten win uh, on the road. Berm, I, I just that's about as complete as you can possibly get. They missed a field goal, I guess. They got burned on a trick play. Yeah. Ohio State just completely overpowered. Indiana. You know, it's one of those funny things because if you watch again, that first quarter is a little uninspired. It's seven to three at the end of the first quarter, and you think, okay, what's what's happening? Justin Fields wasn't crisp, but they just dominated the line of scrimmage in a way that I haven't seen Ohio State on both sides of the ball dominate a game in quite some time from start to finish. The offensive line was absolutely brutalizing Indiana and Chase Young and Devon Hamilton and the rest of the Ohio State defensive line was in the backfield instantly. I mean, Indiana had, I think, one yard a carry today. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it it's a pretty remarkable thing that's happened to this defense and to watch it every single week uh, is pretty awesome. You talked about that first quarter and how slow it seemed like. I mean, I kind of described it as sleepy uh, for Ohio State, but it really wasn't because they were finishing uh, off plays. You said they were moving the line of scrimmage, and you could tell that sooner or later the dam was going to break for Indiana because J.K. Dobbins was running so hard. The offensive line was blocking so hard. Indiana had so many problems trying to corral Justin Fields. Uh, they were so scared of what he could do with his legs. Right. He only ran four times. Ohio State didn't need to. He well, only they, threw they 24 ran, times. I can only think of one read option that was run today, and that was Justin Fields' first touchdown from two yards out. Yeah. There was not a single called run play for Justin Fields in this game. This was Ohio State walking into this building and saying, we are going to play man ball, and we are <laughs> not going to allow you to, to feel good about what we're going to do to you. And uh, it could have been a 70-10 to 10 type of game if they really went at it. I mean, it the, start 51 as it right. was, so. the starters were out the entire fourth quarter. We saw Gunnar Hoke in there. We saw uh, Chris Chuganoff before Gunnar Hoke again, uh, which is that's continuing pretty, to be theme. interesting to yep. me. I mean, it makes you wonder. Um, you know, but for me, when you're talking about Ohio State, it's a complete game. And that's, that's something that uh, we saw last week against Cincinnati. We saw it pretty much against FAU, despite the fact that there was a, a lull in the second, third quarter. They didn't play bad. They just yeah. didn't, uh, you know, keep the, the foot on the gas when you go up 28 to nothing on four plays. And um, three games into the season, Ryan Day, 6-0 as a head coach, and uh, he's been pretty consistent. We talked about this last week, and, and Tim May wrote about it. He's not here. We miss you, Tim. Uh, it's weird without you on the road. <laughs> but I digress. But we digress. Um, J.K. Dobbins, just returning here, this was the site of that freshman debut, all that stuff about the sloppiness, inconsistency in the opener, and last week he throws that block, he scores. The way he ran today, he kept talking about all during training camp. Last year was a failure. Uh, and then he was still kind of upset, you got the sense, from Florida Atlantic, yeah. and Tony Alford and Ryan Day were saying, hey, it's time. If you're going to be the best back in the country, it's time to prove it. He took a step last week. Today, I think, was a, a massive step. Well, today, I mean, is one of those days where before the season we did our bold predictions and I said J.K. Dobbins was going to run for 2,000 yards this year. And if they would have let him run the ball in the second half today, he probably could have finished in close to 300. Don't hurt yourself and, patting and, yourself and put on the himself, back. I'll do it for you. And put himself right on pace to do that. So there's going to have to be another one of those big games coming. But um, what we <laughs> well, see... Well, Miami, at, Ohio is on schedule next week. You know, that's, a, that's an opportunity. But I, I'm telling you, we talked about it last week. 
I, I truly believe that a part of what we've seen out of J.K. Dobbins in the last two weeks, that, that energy meter cranked up to 9 or 10, is entirely based on what Master Teague is doing behind him. Because Master Teague comes in the game and there is not a single second when he is not running as hard as he possibly can. And that is, that is a motivator, that is a, a game changer when it comes to everyone else in front of him and behind him on the depth chart. It's a pretty fascinating dynamic because, you know, I don't know... The Mike Weber thing seemed to bother everyone, and they sure. never wanted to say it. Um, but Weber, I thought, was maybe the more effective back, and Dobbins was getting the benefit of the doubt. He's, he's elevated his game, but so has Master T. Yeah. Um, you and I have talked about that guy a lot, and I sold him. I wrote about him last year. I said, well, I can see him being that short yardage back. You, you know, I was maybe a little bit even higher on him than you were, mm-hmm. but I still thought that was about his role. He's faster. He's stronger. He runs with reckless abandon. He's yep. not afraid of contact. That's that's changed things. There's more depth in the backfield for Ohio State than I thought. I actually asked Master about it after the game here when we had the player interviews, which will be on Letterman Row in about 35 minutes or so. I asked him about that, and uh, what he said was that he had to teach himself to run harder, and I, which is crazy. I don't know that you. I didn't know that's something you could teach yourself. But he said that in the last year, he's had to change the way he approaches the game. And for a kid who's as as nice as it gets off the field, and one of the the the, the more like you know proper and decent kids you're ever going to run across, I asked him how, how hard is it to flip that switch to be a bad dude on the field? And he said it's pretty easy. So uh, <laughs> he makes it look easy, and, and he's not only running over people, he's running away from them. And that's something I did not, I personally didn't think he could do at this level. All right, uh, this is Rapid Reaction brought to you by Byers Auto. That's the offense. I patted you on the back. I gave it to you uh, for your J.K. Dobbins prediction. Yeah. Somebody predicted that Chase Young would break the single-season sack record. Sure did. I'm trying to remember who that was. That was you. Oh, okay. Uh, that dude is an absolute monster. That's not really a news flash. Uh, but you touched on this. Ohio State is still just scratching the surface. Yeah. We saw Tyreek Smith in street clothes in the second half. Uh, we'll try and find out more. Ohio State doesn't like to talk about injuries. Uh, we'll try to get to the bottom of that See. It looked like a peck issue from what I could see on the field. I mean, that's what he was holding. I don't know if it's serious. It could have been just precautionary, but obviously with Jonathan Cooper out still. You've got to monitor that, especially because as we talked about, Jonathan Cooper, he wants to play. He he traveled. Uh, He was not going to get cleared to play. They ruled him out on Friday. But so you're still without Jonathan Cooper. Tyreek Smith, if he's not fully healthy, Teron Vincent has missed all three games. And yet you have Devon Hamilton making plays, Chase Young being an absolute terror, Jayshon Cornell. I mean, it's Tyler Friday got a sack today. Zach Harrison got a sack today. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and and I'm telling you, the we talked about it last week again, and I don't mean to keep going back to previous conversations, but last week, end of the third quarter, Cincinnati going in for a score. Ryan Day put the starters back in, and they made a play and stopped it. Today, the starters weren't pulled, but being up 51 to 10. And for Damon Arnett to read, and that was a nice little, it was a, you know, play action, uh, roll out, you know, toss back to the tight end. And Damon Arnett was on it from the minute that the quarterback started to roll to his right. And he watched that ball in the air over in this end zone (laughs) and caught it and then 90 yards the other way. And I know people were hard on Damon Arnett last year. Oh, were they? It is incredibly satisfying to watch a guy who put up with a lot of negativity and who made a difficult decision to come back to college um, and come back for his senior year and to see him being what he's always been thought he could be. I want to know where the Damon Arnett haters went today because I, I didn't see them filling up my mentions on Twitter the way that they always do or getting Weird. You know, asking me you know, why I said it was a good thing for Damon Arnett to come back. He is one of the most talented 
physically gifted guys that you're going to see. The problem last year was Kendall not, Sheffield's in the NFL. The problem last year Remember was that. not Damon Arnett. I don't care if you want to say that it was bad uh, positional coaching from Tavor Johnson. I think that there's a case to be made for that. Bad scheme, uh, inability to uh, adjust the scheme, lack of uh, motivation, lack of communication, and sure, some of it you can put on him. He he said that he's had to change his approach, but if you give him all the other tools, he's going to be very yeah. good. And he had, I don't know if it was three. Uh, there were at least two breakups, and then the interception, 96 yards, the fifth longest interception return in school history. He's also still got a cast on his hand, by yeah. the way. Damon Arnett is very, very important to this Ohio State turnaround. It's been discussed ad nauseum, but the swagger of the Silver Bullets is absolutely back. And He was pretty swaggy on the way into the end zone. He, he was, and he was swaggy coming off the field. <laughs> the guys on the sideline were like, Damon, come on, come on, and he stopped and, and had to pose for the TV cameras, and uh, they were not thrilled by with that, but you know what? The kid has worked his butt off He's to get in it. that position, and um, next weekend at my against Miami of Ohio is certainly not going to be um, the next litmus test for Ohio State, yeah. and that comes in two weeks when you play against a pretty good offense in Nebraska, but it's been a complete 180-degree turnaround from what the Ohio State defense was a year ago, and that's what was promised, and that's what's been delivered. All right, 51-10, to 10, that was a guarantee. Since you got that one score, I haven't been able to nail it just right, but I had 49-10 to 10 as bad. the official letterman Not bad. prediction, so I'm going to take, I'm going to count that as another victory yeah, for I mean, me over you. Yeah, I mean, you could, yeah, I didn't get to, I didn't get to give a prediction this week. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, well, next week, or you can just do it right now. Guess what? I predicted a 51 to 10 final. No, all right. Uh, yeah, so uh, I should. I'm gonna edit this out. This has been uh, the rapid reaction. It's brought to you by Pyers Auto, our great friends there. We're gonna hit the road, head back to Columbus, get ready for Week Four. He's Berm. I'm Austin Ward. We will see you uh, right back at Letterman Row HQ on Monday to get ready for next the next one.